Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. A few weeks ago, a listener sent us a video on YouTube for Denise and I to watch called The Science of Grounding. It's a short 15-minute video. We'll link it up in the show notes and on our Facebook page. But it was really interesting, and so Denise and I thought this would make a really good topic for our show today on the science of grounding and the importance of really earthing and reconnecting our energy to nature, especially during these times when I think so many of us are just feeling just bamboozled by negative media and frightful thoughts and anxiety. When will this pandemic be over? When will life return to normal if that is such a thing? So we just thought this would be a really good topic for today's show, talking about grounding our energy, the science behind it, and different ways and techniques you can utilize to really root yourself into the earth's healing energy. I've been kind of into this for a couple of years now because remember when I did the, uh, the mentorship thing with John Holland and I met all those incredible mediums from around. And yeah. one lady that I was talking to, we had met in the morning and I said, oh, I didn't sleep well. I never sleep well in hotels. And she said, oh, I slept great. And I said, well, what's your trick? And she said, I have a grounding mat. And she had done work with uh, another famous medium who had said she tra- always travels with this. And what it is, is you ground it into like the ground plug and you lay it on, they have mattresses, they have sheets, they have all this stuff, but it's all based on the uh, bioelectrical connection. So if you think about then you, it, I'm going to backtrack now to, you know, if you think of the earth being like a giant battery, so there's always this subtle electrical charge in the ground. And that's why we have to ground uh, power plants and refrigerators and that's what it means that you have to have that ground in there. It also applies to people though. So when you're grounded, you feel more centered, you feel strong, you feel solid, and you're more balanced because we're bioelectrical living on an electrical planet. So our body is all, it, it is, it's all, we always say frequency and vibration, but there is an electricity behind this. And all of your cells transmute multiple frequencies that, that runs so like your heart, your immune system, your muscles, your nervous system, they're all having an electro, electromagnetic kind of pulse. And if someone's medical is listening to that and say, well, no, but there is an electrical component. And I realize, I know this because I, there's a, someone dear to me who passed unexpectedly, and that's what it says on their death certificate is electromagnetic disassociation. And it was like everything just shut down. I'm not saying that out of a fear based of if you're not grounded, you're going to implode. When you think about when you go outside and you walk barefoot on the ground, exactly what we're talking about. You're centering, you're grounding, you're releasing, and you're connecting with that electrical energy of the earth. Well, in that short film, The Science of Grounding, it focuses on this man who was having trouble sleeping. And he started to think about how he started his career laying cable. And he thought, wait, cables have to be grounded before they run into the house. I wonder if we have to be grounded before we can settle down and sleep at night. So he laid a a piece of duct tape across the bottom of his mattress and attached a wire to it and ground the wire into the earth below. And he slept really, really well. So he started doing experiments on people. And lo and behold, a lot of their ailments started to clear up. TMJ cleared up. uh, People's insomnia went away, headaches went away, 
And so he really started looking into the science of this. And what he said is that the surface of the earth is charged negatively. The ionosphere, which is a layer of the atmosphere around the sun, it's ionized by the sun, is charged positively. So the strong rays from the sun split the molecules into negative and positive charges. The negative charges are transferred to the earth through lightning, but the positive charges reside 60 miles up in the ionosphere. So if you think about it, every time we have our feet on the ground, the electrons in the earth are absorbed in our feet as we walk. And you know, Denise, in this video, started talking about how beginning in the 1960s, we had plastics and rubber and all these thick soles put on the bottom of our feet. And if you, if you just reflect on your average day, I mean, we live on houses that are built up on foundations. We walk on shoes that are built up on thick soles so that we don't get blisters and, and parasites if we're walking in dangerous situations through the, through the woods. But we also get into cars. We walk on concrete floors when we go into shopping centers or restaurants. Very rarely are people bare feet on the ground and it just it makes you think doesn't it like how disconnected have we become from nature there's scientific tests and it goes along with what you said about the healing benefits of grounding and one of them can be decreased levels of inflammation and pain and similar to when i said using that grounding mat to sleep on or that sheet or or being outside having enough time in nature grounding your energy and they did a study where uh, there was a 44-year-old woman with chronic back pain, and they measured it with thermography, I think I said that right, which is that imaging that they use in medicine. And then they took one picture, and they had all these hot areas of pain and inflammation. And then they did the grounding, and it, was, it showed up the, the colors. You can see the visual on this of the color difference with the thermography, but it also a 30 percent reduction in pain, 70% reduction in pain interfering with sleep, and then 30% reduction in morning stiffness and soreness. And then after four weeks, she had an 80% reduction in pain, no sleep interference, and 70% reduction in the stiffness and soreness in the morning. So I was talking to a friend of mine who suffers very, she has a lot of physical ailments, and I suggested this and she's, I don't know, she's, she can be a little, it's going to take a lot to convince her. And I got a note from her and she said, I didn't believe you. I didn't think it would make a difference. But even like as empaths, when we are able to get outside and get on physical ground, or if you go to the beach and you lay on the sand, or if you even, you know, if, you, if you're not wearing soles with plastic or, or uh, rubber soles, you are making that connection with the earth energy, which is so important right now. It really is. They're, they've done so many studies. I mean, I came across 21 published peer-reviewed studies on the benefits of grounding that show it does reduce inflammation. And you might think, all right, so I'm inflamed. Well, inflammation is the root source of so many diseases like Alzheimer's, cancer, heart disease, diabetes. And if we know that simply walking barefoot through our yard helps, you know, why not try it? Right. It's, it's a way for us to also get these free radicals 
away from our body. So a lot of the studies show that grounding for 30 minutes prevents what Dr. Stephen Sinatra calls sticky blood, which is where your blood just kind of, not clots, but just kind of groups together, which causes inflammation. And so when we are grounding, it removes charge from the body, but it also allows more negative electrons to enter our body, which reduces those free radicals. And which can lead to reduced stress because when you're grounded, the diurnal rhythm of the stress hormone cortisol starts to normalize. And I mean, cortisol, we all know that's that you put your mid weight on and all those stuff, but the body's response, stress response, cortisol helps you control your blood sugar levels. It regulates metabolism. It helps reduce inflammation and it also assists with memory formulation. So it ties in exactly with what you were just saying. Well, you know, I never wear shoes in the house, and it's just the way I've always been. And it's not because I'm a germaphobe. You know, people will come to my house and they see I don't have shoes on. Like if I, if I have like a fancy dinner party and people come to my house dressed up, I'll have a nice dress on and no shoes on. And they'll think, oh, I have to take my shoes off. And I'm like, no, it's just me. Like I don't like shoes. And yet – Watching this video and doing other research, I was thinking, I always put shoes on when I go outside, though. I don't walk my dog barefoot. You know, when I take, when I take my dogs off the trails, I've got sneakers on because I don't want to step on snakes or broken glass or things like that. I do walk barefoot on the beach, of course, but it just made me think, how much am I grounding? Because even when I'm out in my garden, I guess my hands are in the soil, but I've got sneakers on my feet. And I wonder if just walking barefoot through your house, that, that can't be really beneficial because my house is, you know, raised up above the ground. So this made me think it's, it, it is about grounding, whether it's through a grounding mat, but it's also about connecting to the earth exactly. in, a, in a deeper way. Right. Because, and it's not just the physical body. It's also, it calms your nervous system, which is going to impact your heart rate, your blood pressure, your immune system. And it releases neurochemicals into the bloodstream, such as, you know, serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, and all of those happy chemicals. So that's going to support your emotional and your mental well-being. And, you know, if you're not, some, some ways you might know if you're not grounded, you might feel really spacey, confused, not with it. You might be really anxious or, or filled with worry. You might be nervous or uh, frequently dropping things or bumping into things. There could be this essence of fear and insecurity. Whereas if you're feeling, if you being more grounded, you'll feel there's more peacefulness and calmness, a sense of love. There's clarity, clear mindedness, and just that feeling of being connected with the earth. So like you said, if you're walking in your house and obviously walking barefoot on natural substances, grass, soil, sand, um, because that infuses your body with that negatively charged ions, which you talked about before. Drinking enough water is huge. Drinking eight ounces of, of clear water shifts your higher consciousness by gently, it brings your focus back into your physical body. And haven't you found that, that if you stop and like drink a glass of water, how it, you can feel it like go right into your system? Yes, 100%. Uh, a, a visualization you can do is to imagine standing in wet sand. And this has a vis it has that soothing effect on the mind and body because it's been shown to be a quick and effective way to instantly relax and center you, as well as to improve your overall, 
overall well-being, which is the, um, the goal of all of this. And then the namaste prayer hands technique, which is you raise your hands from the sides of your body over your head as you inhale through your nose, you touch your palms together in prayer position, and then slowly exhale through your nose as you bring your hands down in a prayer position in front of your heart. And this simple act can balance both hemispheres of your brain because you're crossing the midline, but it also connects and grounds you into the earth. So the, the whole point of is a way to connect more with your inner self. Yes, we have the, the, uh, the electrical currents and the physiology and the, all of these chemicals and things that are making a difference, but it really comes back to connecting with your heart and being present where you are. You know, when I was doing research for this, I came across a really interesting study that was asking how many breaths is enough for stress release. And that's a question I've always wondered. You know, people will always say, if you want to calm down, practice deep belly breaths. Well, how many? Well, I read a study that said 15 to 20. Isn't it nice to have a number? Wow. <laughs> I know. That's a lot of breaths, right? I like your it technique is. of doing the, the namaste uh, mudra, but also the alternate nostril breathing is really helpful too, you know, where you, where you put your thumb over one nostril and inhale, hold both nostrils, release the thumb, exhale, and, and keep doing that where you're all, it's called alternate nostril breathing. That's a really good technique. They even have mudra oracle cards. I try to pull one a couple of nights a week before I go to bed. And it'll show you different hand positions and walk you through breath techniques while you're holding your hands in those positions. And it'll say like, this one is good for relaxation or for focus or um, intuition. So I do think that focusing on your breath is important, drinking water. And I like that you said studies are showing even if you just visualize your feet in the ground or in the sand as the ocean is lapping at your ankles, that those techniques works to work too, because what if you're living in a city and you can't really get to the earth every single day? Right. There are also, you know, you can do yoga and then a combination of, of different movements that, that, and I'm sure there are, I think there's something, and I don't know enough about this to even pretend I do the five Tibetan rites in yoga that are um, for rejuvenation and there's specific movements that you do that uh, will help you with your grounding. It can also be about diet. Sometimes don't you crave like a certain food that might be a little heavier or denser or more carbs or, or more something that's not, I don't want to just say comfort food, but you just know your body needs something different to eat. I'm a big fan of paying attention to that. Like real, yeah, self-explanatory, root vegetables. You're eating things that have grown in the earth. You're going to pick up on that energy. Root vegetables, organic greens, if you mix those into your diet, it's going to help you physically become more grounded as well. Well, I don't eat a lot of meat, so my doctor's always telling me to take iron supplements, but I don't like iron supplements. They're very hard on my stomach. Mm -hmm. And so I started you know, I try to follow my doctor's advice. So I was taking them like two or three times a week. And I didn't do a whole lot of research on it because I'm just, I don't know, I'm pulled in so many directions this summer. I'm doing the best I can. And all of a sudden I started craving nuts 
every kind of nut, like cashews and pistachios, walnuts, almonds. I was just eating nuts all the time, just grazing throughout the day. And when I was researching before this show, one of the things that came across my research was that nuts are a great source of iron. And I was like, oh my gosh, my body knew that. Mm -hmm. So you're right, just listening to your body. This week I'm craving grapes, red grapes. And then, I mean, that would be a show for another day is when you eat seasonally, when you eat with what is in season where you live. That can be another great way to connect your, your body with the environment. Well, I always crave peanut butter chocolate ice cream, and luckily that's always in season. <laughs> uh, so it's not me listening to my body. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's just, you know, we, we talked about being spacey. Some other ways that might show up in ungroundedness, having a hard time focusing on one task or losing track of conversations when other people are talking, always misplacing things, your keys, your phone, you know, whatever. Coordination seems to be a big, big part of it. And forgetting something that happened just moments ago. And of course, some of us will immediately go to, uh-oh, it, it's starting. But what flashed in my mind when I said that was years ago, I went to this home and I did way, way, way too many readings back to back. Boom, 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 boom. It was all day. And when I came downstairs, the woman offered me a piece of candy. She said, oh, you need to get grounded. You should jump up and down and get really grounded before you drive home. And I did. I almost felt disoriented because I had been in that zone for a really extended period of time. So that's another thing. If you're, some people may be sensitive enough that if you're doing a deep meditation or if you're working energetically or you're working in a field that is uh, combining your energy with someone else's, make sure you take care of yourself and get really grounded so that you, and you can also release that energy into the earth, which I think is another really, really strong component of making sure you're taking care of yourself. I think those are great suggestions. I was sharing some of this information with my daughters last night, and one of them asked me a question, and I thought, that's so interesting. She said, if you walk up to someone and there's a static charge, you know how sometimes you'll touch someone and there's like that static electric yeah. exchange? She said, is that a sign that one of you isn't grounded? That's a very good question. I know. Do you think that is? I think it could be. Yeah. I was wondering that too. I'm not so sciencey that I could answer it properly. Of course, I told you they think I'm Google, so. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would be some grounding stones? Like what would be some things someone could physically hold in their pocket? I know like obsidian is a good one or hematite, but what, what else could people? Any black or brown stone is going to be super grounding. So obsidian and hematite, like you mentioned, excellent for grounding. I also love black tourmaline for that. Red jasper, tiger's eye is really good for that. Mahogany obsidian is really excellent for that, especially if you're affected by the weather or the moon. That's going to help to ground you. So really, in general, it's any black or brown stone or the red jasper is going to help root you back to the earth. So red jasper looks like that red clay earth. So you just have to think of what does this stone look like? And if it looks like the earth and the soil to you, then it's probably going to be a grounding stone. I also love Numite and Shungite for those reasons as well. Uh, Numite and Shungite are two of the oldest stones found in the world. And you can even get Shungite 
you have to boil it. There's a whole process. But you can get shungite that's made just for water. You can just Google shungite water and read about how to do this. But you can just add process like shungite that you have already cleansed through the boiling process to your water. And it helps to ground your energy and cleanse your energy as well and the water. So one of the, I read this a long time ago, and someone had said the red stones like carnelian, garnet, red jasper, red calcite, because it aligns with your root chakra, they can also be very grounding and calming as well. Yes. Yeah. I don't think of carnelian as a grounding stone because that's a stone of passion and it's more aligned with the sacral chakra. And it's all about, I guess it could be grounding in terms of grounding you back to who you are and what you really want and what you're passionate about. But in terms of spaciness and feeling like you need to connect to source, I think red calcite that you mentioned is a great example. Red coral, if you're more of a water type person, and of course the red jasper. And you made a good point a few minutes ago about if you can't get outside. And some people during the, this pandemic during or, or because they work in an office building or they're in a high rise in the city, whatever it might be, they physically can't get outside. And stones can be one way to connect you with that earth energy because they came from the earth. So that can make sense. Also, if you're lucky to have a, be in a place that gets good natural light, sit in the sunlight, even it, even though you're not outside and it's sitting in that sun is going to help. Exercising will help. Yoga, Pilates, martial arts, they're particularly good for this because they center your mind, your body, and your spirit at the same time. We talked about eating. One of your favorites, taking a salt bath. Yeah, and if you don't have a bathtub, you can, you can get a sea salt scrub. You can make your own. I recently found lavender sugar salt cubes. Mm-hmm. And you just rub those along your body as you're showering because it exfoliates your skin. Or you can just get regular old sea salt, you know, from the grocery store and, and pour a circle around yourself in the shower and then make your own scrub from that. Right. And visualizations and guided meditations can be really good for this. There's a, a plethora of those available. Um, and, you know, one really easy one that you can do even if you're in between jobs or, or, you know, waiting is just picture yourself as a tree with your roots growing down from your feet and feel those roots sinking into the soil and pulling up that nourishment and energy that you can bring into your body. And you can picture the roots going deeper and deeper and deeper. And if you combine that with breathing exercises, it can be incredibly calming and feel like you have more of a bond. So I, I don't think we can ever underestimate the power of visualizing and, and doing that for ourselves as well. Yeah, and, and try to find out where it is in your life that you feel grounded and connected throughout your life. You know, like for me growing up, we always lived in the woods. And I feel like you live near woods, Denise. With I do. I mean, that's such a nature state. Right. Yes, I have the ocean down the road from me, but it's different because where I live is the heart of suburbia. So I'm surrounded by, you know, paved roads. And so I have to work hard to find my center. My yard doesn't always do it for me because every time I work in my yard, I think, oh, I forgot to do that. And I've got to pull those weeds and it's not very relaxing. So I try to make time. I have that 
app, um, the All Trails app, and it shows you any wooded trails near you. You type in any zip code you're in, and it'll show you trails, and all the reviews will come up. And so I have to seek out nature in, in my life. I have to drive to the beach. I have to drive to the trails. And I think that's important. Where I live, we have a clubhouse, and behind the clubhouse is a little spate of woods. And for months and months and months this year, I would walk back there with my dogs. I'd let them off the leash. And there was this huge magnolia tree. And because of one of the hurricanes, two of the branches grew straight out, like at a 45-degree angles type thing. And so I would sit in front of that magnolia tree, and it was like those branches were hugging me. And I thought, oh, my God, Samantha, you're becoming a tree hugger. But it's fine. I own it. And I would just sit there for 10 minutes in silence. Nobody knew where I was. I was five seconds from the main road, but nobody could see me. I loved it. And do you know that one of the dads in this neighborhood just cut it down to make root room for a bike route? Oh, so, yeah, I don't have that anymore, but I'm going to find a new spot. And I think if you live in the city, let's say if you have a balcony, you can have uh, a little herb garden out there. If you don't have a balcony, you can still have a little greenhouse in your kitchen. I just think any symbol of nature that connects us to that is just crucial in these days. Well, I'm a huge, huge believer in that. And when I took the dog for a walk the other day, I noticed that some people are even running with, I think they're called barefoot shoes. Have you heard of those? Yeah, the ones that go around your toes. Yeah. Yeah. And this young man was running on these trails, and I thought, wow, because your feet will, they will toughen up if you're not in a place where you can do that. But I think anything we can do to take care of ourselves is really the goal of all of this. You know, I'm a big fan of guided meditation to help ground and center ourselves, but I'm also a fan of allowing your mind to guide you. The other day, I was feeling really overwhelmed as I looked at my to-do list and saw after working eight hours, I'd crossed off two things on that to-do list. Mm -hmm. So I decided just to put it down and close my eyes and just do some deep belly breaths. And as I did, I saw... I just visualized myself swimming in this ocean and I saw the water as all my overwhelming thoughts of you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you haven't gotten to this, and what about that? And I saw the thoughts as the water just pouring over me. And then with the strength of my breath, I calmed the water down so that it was flat, like, like the Dead Sea, just a, just a calm, smooth ocean. And I saw myself just floating on the water. And I imagined saying, like just huge clumps of sand in each of my hands that were my thoughts. And every time a thought would come to me, I would just open up my palm and let it go into the water below. And it was just very helpful for me. And, and I think sometimes if we just go within ourselves and ask ourselves, what meditation do I need right now to calm, ground, and center myself? I think you'll be surprised at what will appear for you. It was just what I needed at the time. Sounds perfect. It's always good when we can do things for ourselves that, and I, I, I'm always hesitant to use that word control, but when you're controlling how this happens and it wasn't immediately reading, reaching for uh, a medication or a, a quick fix or getting on WebMD, it, anything, I think it's always good to try these kinds of things first, don't you? I do. I really do. And I love that now we have science to back this up. Right. And 
another thing that some people say is cover your crown chakra. Like when you're doing a grounding exercise, put your hand on your top of your head. It, and for some reason, it, it helps you feel more connected or more, uh, it's almost like it holds you in place a little bit. What do you think about, this is something I talk about a lot in classes when I go over chakras. A lot of chakra teachers will tell you to keep your root chakra and your crown chakra open all the time and keep the other chakras closed unless you're doing intuitive or meditative work. I tried that and it left me very ungrounded. So yeah. I have to keep all my chakras closed up when I'm not doing intuitive or meditative work. What do you think about that? I agree with you. I don't leave things randomly open willy-nilly. <laughs> but I think that if it works for you, one thing that I have done, I used to practice with when I was seeing people, is sometimes, you know, when you're working with someone close or you're in an environment or people that you care about and you get that nudge in your heart chakra, sometimes I would, I would like open my heart and pour that back, like send that love out. So paying attention to your body, because as we say over and over again, it's a barometer for your, your mental and spiritual health, health as well as your physical health. I do that too. Or like if I'm sitting in an audience and I'm watching a speaker and I see that they're nervous, I'll visualize them sent, like surrounded in a light blue light and I'll open up my throat chakra. I thought I was the only one who did stuff like that. Well, I, you know, I think that uh, you can do walking meditations and that can be, even if you're not uh, in a place where you're, grounded in a, a beautiful nature path or walking by the ocean, you can still visualize like when your foot hits the ground that you're connecting with that earth energy. Um, some people, I, I haven't done this, but some people suggest that, you know, how dogs or cats will roll around on the earth and they'll say that that'll discharge the negative energy. I personally haven't done that, so I don't know if it works, but, you know, whatever, whatever is going to help you. And that's the key is that we have all these beautiful suggestions. There are products you can buy and use your judgment, trust your intuition. And I tried the grounding sheet because someone had highly recommended it. I don't think that I would have ever gone and looked on it, looked for it on my own. I've had some success with it. I think that that's totally up to you though. And to really trust your heart. You know, I have a friend who will write on the bottom of her sneaker something that's bothering her. Mm -hmm. So if she is worried about someone in her life, she'll write their name. Or if she's worried about money, she'll write money. If she feels like bad luck is plaguing her, she'll write bad on one shoe and luck on the other. And she walks and walks away from that. Now, I, can't, I, I thought about that and I was like, I don't know, because then I feel like I was stomping on that person. Like, I still can't step on a crack. <laughs> but again, you're right. You have to do what works for you. And if that technique works for you, try it. But again, it's just about recognizing that right now, many of us aren't feeling very grounded. We're not living in normal times. We're not going to work like we normally do. Our children aren't going to school like they normally do. And so we're just naturally feeling a little ungrounded. And I think we have to seek out the grounding. It's not going to just come to us. So if a grounding mat or a mattress pad works for you, try it. Or if a walking meditation works for you or just visualizing grounded 
symbols like roots coming out of the soles of your feet or an anchor coming out of your root chakra. It's just a matter of trying all of these different techniques and seeing which ones make you feel better. Because we've, I, I agree with you, Denise, about using the word control, but we do have to take control of our own energy. Mm-hmm. And this is a great way to try and do that. Well, and then you think about like reflexology and how sometimes you ever just, I, I'll look at the little map of your foot and how it connects with different parts of your body. So they've often said that's why walking barefoot or on, especially on sand or something that molds to your foot, it's a, a health rush because you're hitting every single pressure point on the bottom of your foot when you do that. But you can simulate that in your home by, you know, doing reflexology or rolling your foot on a tennis ball or there's so many different things you can do to get the impact if you're not able to do this in other ways. You know, one of my Reiki teachers showed us an article in class that the majority of people don't wash their feet. Like if they're just in the shower, they wash their body, but they forget the soles of their feet. They think, I guess, the residue of soap water will wash it. I don't know. I always wash my feet. But she was saying exactly what you're saying, that in the shower especially, you should pay particular attention to the soles of your feet. And as you're washing them, wash away any energy residue that's sticking to them that you're absorbing through the soles of your feet that need to be released and let go. Have you ever gone somewhere where you've been some kind of an energetic event or, and people will be smudging, like they'll say, oh, we're going to smudge, they're going to smudge all this energy off of you. And they always say, lift up your feet and smudge under your feet as well. No, I haven't. And you know what? I don't do that when I sage. I need to try that. Yeah. I always just usher it in the front of my body, the sides and in the back, but I don't lift my feet. That's a, Uh I'm going to do that. (laughs) Well, and I, I do feel that with my hands though. If I've been around like negative people or a negative situation, the palms of my hand, I, I don't know. I always have to wash them. And I know you do that to disconnect your energy from people's. I do. Yes. And that helps a lot. And that can help a lot even after a negative conversation or a phone call that leaves you disrupted or if you consciously go wash your hands and release that and let it go down the drain, that can make a huge, huge difference. Now, you meant, you asked me about crystals before. Another good technique to bring energy into your body from the earth is to get two single terminated clear quartz and put one single terminated, single terminated just means it naturally ends in a point at one end. So it'll be flat on one end and then it'll terminate into a point at the other. And in your left palm, you put that clear quartz point pointing into you. And then in your right palm, you put the other single terminated point directing out of your body. So the left one is pointing into your body and then the right crystal is pointing away from your body. And you just lay down with those two crystals in each palm and you breathe in. And as you do, you visualize all the earth energy from that crystal, all the wonderful cleansing and vibration raising energy that that clear quartz holds within it coming into your body and doing figure eights throughout your torso, down to your feet, up to your head, swirling and breaking up anything that is no longer serving you. And then you see it going out through the point that's directing out of your body in your right palm, leaving you. 
So you're pulling in positive energy, using it to cleanse anything negative in your body, and then releasing the negative out the right side of your body. Oh, that's an excellent technique. Yeah, I like that because it's simple, and I I do feel that it works. Right. So I think we've covered a lot on this and how important this is right now for self-care, but also it doesn't have to be an expense. It doesn't have to be a class you go to. It doesn't have to be another article or a book. These are very practical, down-to-earth, no pun intended, things you can do to just see if it works for you and see. But I've, I have noticed that when I've had a very, very stressful day or done a lot of readings back-to-back or I've had a lot of frenetic energy, if I take a walk at the end of the day, it, it almost releases it all right into the earth and I feel much better. It's an instant calm. So even if you are stuck in isolation in your home right now, you can walk around your apartment or you can do stretching exercises or you can, because I think a a huge, huge part of all of this is becoming more connected with our physical body. I agree. You know, the time I feel the most ungrounded is when I first wake up. Are you like that? It takes me a while to acclimate back to me. I have such a routine in the morning that's I've done for so many years. As far as I get up, I write, I have coffee. I, I mean, I have it. It's a very quiet time of the day for me. It's, and I, it's precious. I mean, like when you first wake up, like when I first wake up, I can't jump out of bed. I have to like lay there. I have to think about my day. I have to remember my dreams. I have to do my prayer of intention for the day. And then I have to ground my energy because it takes me a while to like come back into my body is, is how it feels to me. I just mentioned that if any other empaths are different and weird like me, because a lot of us forget that we need to ground in the morning and the evening. But I, I think for the, the morning part is a really crucial aspect of the ritual of grounding and reconnecting to the earth's energy. So in the morning, I have to focus on that just as much as throughout the day. You know, what's interesting is that as you've often brought up that you do night work with your intuition work and your mediumship, and I wonder if people who have more propensity to do night work or are prolific dreamers or feel like they're, some nights when I dream, it's like I've gone to the movies, I've gone to the Cineplex all night long, and other nights it's just snippets, so I don't have that same, but I bet there's a correlation with that. I wonder if there is. So you wake up and you know what day it is, what time it is, what you've got to do. You're just most right of the there time. in it. Wow. Most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. But I mean, I'll write down a dream or I'll, I always do a gratitude thing before I get up, uh, stretch a little bit. But no, I, I just kind of, and I just say thank you and get ready for the day. I wonder if I'm alone with this. I don't think I, you are. I wake up and I have to think, what day is it? What time is it? What do I have to do today? Did I have any dreams? It takes me a long time to get awake. Oh, I get those days where, where I don't, I have to really be conscious of not knowing. Is it Saturday or is it Tuesday? Is it, you know, at, where, and when I was, when I've traveled or gone other places, like, okay, when, you know that feeling right before you open your eyes where you think you're home in your own bed, but then you realize you're not? Yeah, yeah, I have that a lot. <laughs> So 
Oh yeah. So I just, I just mentioned my weirdness to say, I do think grounding first thing in the morning is really important, especially for those of us who are really empathic and intuitive and maybe just busy and everywhere else in our energy. And then grounding at night is really important too, because if you do have insomnia or you do have disturbing dreams or you wake up a lot in the middle of the night, those can be signs that you're not grounded while you're sleeping. And, you know, another thing you can do for that besides just visualizing yourself being grounded before you fall asleep, you can put those grounding stones underneath the four corners of your mattress. Hmm. Yeah, it's a nice little technique to help you ground your energy. Or you can have one beside your bed. I have a big piece that my friend Joel gave me of, of hematite that's coated in iron. Oh, my. And hematite and iron are said to really help with um, nightmares or... Uh, sleep disturbances or things that go bump in the night. <laughs> so just some suggestions. Well, we hope this has been helpful for you all. If you have grounding techniques that we didn't mention and you'd like to share, don't forget you can always email us enlightenedempaths at gmail.com or you can message us on Facebook at Enlightened Empaths. We would like to thank you guys so much for listening to us and being a part of the Enlightened Empaths family. We are super honored to announce that we have finally surpassed 1 million downloads this year. Very exciting. Very thank exciting. you. Thank you all for being part of that. Yeah, we really appreciate you telling other people about us and helping us to grow our community. We hope you guys have a wonderful, spectacular, and yet grounded week. Don't forget, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care. <laughs>